Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. God's plan for you is to be blessed. God's plan for you is to be right with Him by faith. God's plan for you is to be at peace. God's plan for you is to not be lost, but to be what? Found. Someone say found. That's right. So let's go to Luke chapter 15, verse 1. Continuing with the parables of Jesus. I did not get to all the parables of Jesus, obviously. But we're wrapping up the parables of Jesus this week. Next week, we begin a new series entitled, The Quest for Purpose. So please join us on the live stream or in person beginning next week as well. You're going to want to be part of that. You're going to really want to listen in, and you're going to learn something from the Lord and from His Word on the quest for purpose. Let's go to Luke 15. All right. <clears throat> Wait. Sorry, I'm in the wrong place. All right. Luke 15, verse 1. Check this out. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners. Someone say notorious sinners. Notorious sinners. They were well known for their habits, right? They often came to listen to Jesus teach. Of course, this made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people. Someone say sinful. Oh, man, they had an attitude about it. Even eating with them. Wow. Eating with them. I think it got stuck. There it is. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to what? Go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? <laughs> I've always loved this story. It's always been so strong in my mind visually. And when he has found it, that lost sheep, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and what? Haven't strayed away. Let's pray again so that God gets our hearts right and ready for this message to fall on good ground. Father, I thank you for your people today. I thank you for your word above all. I thank you for Jesus, Lord. Thank you for Jesus, who was unashamed to die for us and to give it all up to the point of blood and death so that he could rise again and save us completely from sin and from death and from poverty and from the curse of the law. We trust you today, Lord God, and we thank you that this word is going to fall on good ground. In Jesus' name, amen. So you, some of you have heard this story before. You say, man, the lost sheep, ah, that's for people, that's for, that's for the prodigals. That's for the one who came to God and left. Not necessarily. That can be, it says, one lost sinner. But it, that could be a prodigal or that could be someone who had never accepted Jesus ever. It's someone who needed God, right? How many of you have you ever lost a child in a store? I, who's, why are the kids who don't have kids laughing? <laughs> I'm all, what? <laughs> Y'all lost each other at the store. Y'all are messing with me today. It's only funny if you're not the little dude lost, because when I was a kid, I was a runner. If you study my life, I'm still a runner, but it's more organized. It's a little slower, probably. But 
we'd go to the store, and it was before Jonathan and Lane were born, and I would vanish. I'm telling you, there's nothing like being lost and thinking that you're never going to find your parents again. I, I, I have vivid memories of being at Sears. Does anyone remember Sears? And going to the help desk. I didn't know which desk it was. They were all help desks to me. <laughs> I was crying. I remember crying. I'd run off, and then I'd cry. And someone would go, you know, cool, cool adults back then, and say, did you lose your mom, or did she lose you? You know? being cute and I'm like that's so funny but where's my mom you know I'd be found and mom would be stressed out and frustrated because we she'd let go of my hand and I was gone like a roadrunner everybody needs to have an understanding of this story not just people who have come to God and left but for those who have never come to God everybody at one point and we need to remember this everybody at one point was a lost sheep everybody you were not born saved. See, the Pharisees, they had religion. And that's why they pointed a finger at Jesus, at Jesus and said, why is he eating with sinful people? It was crazy because Jesus would discern thoughts and hearts and he'd give a story that related. He would preach to their thoughts and their hearts. Can you imagine? What if I could read your mind? Wouldn't that be creepy? Right? And God speaks words sometimes. I'm sure God flows through me or you and gives people what they need at the right time. But Jesus did it all the time. Scripture said he was given the Holy Spirit without measure. So he was operating in the gifts of the Spirit. All the gifts of the Spirit except for tongues. All the time. So he knew people's thoughts. They'd, they'd, they'd think something crazy or have an attitude and go, let me tell you a parable. <laughs> so my first point today about the 99 and the one that was lost, the lost sheep, is you matter to God. You matter to God. I've talked to people over the years, and I've told them so many times, I say, you matter to God. And you know what they do sometimes? They go, yeah, I know, but... No, if you really knew you mattered to God, you still wouldn't have that area where you're so insecure or so proud in. If you really knew you mattered to God, you still wouldn't allow that area in your life of, man, I feel rejected. Hey, we've all been there. Not everybody's parents in this house or those on the live stream, not everybody's parents were parents of the year. I understand that. And don't think that if I'm looking at you today, it's because I'm, I'm singling you out. I'm reaching for eye contact, okay? I'm not talking about you or your parents. I'm talking about those who need to hear this message. And I think that's me and that's you and that's those on the live stream. You say, wait, you're preaching it. Yeah, but I need to hear the message too. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I understand that our lives have not all been ideal, some more than others, but everybody's life at some point and to some point is hard. Can I get an amen? There's parts in your life you say, man, I don't know how I'm going to make it. You've thought that before. But God has always remained with you. And you matter to God. Say, I matter? Oh, yeah. He went out of his way to get you and find you and make sure you were saved. Make sure he could, make sure you were part of the rescue plan. Scripture says, now this is powerful, that Jesus is the lamb who was slain. So he was killed for our sin before the foundation of the world. People say, that doesn't even make sense. He was killed and he rose again after dying on the cross 2,000 years ago, what does that mean? It means it was always God's plan to do that because he knew we'd need it. When he created the earth, he said, I'm going to love these folks. I want to have communion with them. I don't need them, but I want them. Are you with me? 
You think God needs us to exist? No, he was always existing. He said, I don't need them, but I want them. I want them to have divine communion, fellowship. See, those are two great church words. I want them to be in unity and in relationship and connected to me as my family. It was always God's will that you be part of his family. But then he knew. He said, I'm going to give them a choice because I love so much. And they're going to get that choice and they're going to spit on it. See, when you remember these things, it'll keep you humble. You remember that when he created you, he was playing in the dirt. Are you still with me? (laughs) And then when he created you, he said, you know what? They're going to need my salvation. My salvation was only found. Get this. This is God saying this. He says, my salvation that is only found in me. Scripture says he is the way, the truth, and the life. That's it. But guess what? Here's the good news today. You matter to God, so he did it. I've heard preachers, men and women of God over the years, way better preachers and teachers and ministers than me, way more exciting, way more funny, way better looking probably too. And I've heard them say this over the years. If God had to do it for one, he would have done it. I think he would have. I really think he would have. That bears witness with my spirit. I think if we'll just want to, the story of the 99, the 99 are fine. Why is he worried about, he's not worried about them. Those of you praying for that one kiddo, you said, man, everybody else is good, but I wish they were good. I'm praying. That one relative, that one parent, that one, you said, man, everybody else is good, but that one stresses me out. Remember that while you're praying for them, you do matter to God. You do. You do. You're important to him. But this goes into my point, too. Others matter just as much as you. That's always kept me humble to say, you know what? I wasn't born saved. I make mistakes. I got to remember that they are who they are because of. I remember back in the day, people preaching out against, you know, certain things or certain things. And, hey, I do it, too. I called out Bill Gates recently, and people were like, man, that was crazy. Why are you? Why would you do that? Like, you think he's going to hear this? If he does, great. That would be exciting. He may send me something free in the mail. Probably not. But I remember back in the day where ministers would be calling out certain people, and they should because they're influencing culture. Does anyone remember 50 Cent or Lady Gaga or some of these odd people, beyond odd? But you have to remember, yeah, they're influencing culture, and yeah, they're off, and they're poor examples, And there's a lot of corruption and perversion there. But they're not saved. Are you still with me today? Somebody give me a big amen. Just making sure you're still with me. So if you matter to God, others matter just as much as you. I have a story and a song, but so do you. I didn't know about about that story of your sis. I didn't know that. Some of y'all got some deep stuff, man, that, that would just break people's hearts if they knew. But here you are. You made it. You made it. You're still moving. You're, some, I had somebody tell me recently, I bumped into him. He's a guy I went to school with. And I was, I was at Lowe's, and I, I just love Lowe's and Home Depot. You don't have to say amen, but you should just think it and be on the same page and repent if you don't like those places. I'm kidding. You just may not. That's cool. But I went to grab this basically a log it's a big piece of timber it was like six by six by six it was a big old piece of wood it was eight feet long I went to grab it by myself and I was struggling with it you ever struggle with it in general 
I didn't ask for help, but because it, it was the back of the store, so man, I was like, I'm going to work this out. I'm going to get this. So I was pulling one side, and I had a plan to go to the other side. And all of a sudden, I hear a voice, and a guy's bending down. He goes, hey, man, you need help with that? I said, sure. So we pull it out, and I stood up and looked at it, stood up straight and looked at him. And I said, Carlos? And I called him by his full name. And he looked at me, and he goes, Matt Senna? And I go, man, I could recognize you a mile away. And he goes, he goes, actually, I just recognized your voice. I said, that's crazy. He said, he said, well, now that I'm looking at you, I know it's you. He said, because I had a hat on, and I think I may have had a beard, you know, occasionally, right? So he says, man, I remember. We start talking, and he says, man, I got saved three years ago. This dude was hardcore. He was a gangbanger. He did drugs. And he starts to tell me his story. Blew me away. He said, I, at one point, I cried out to God and said, I don't know how or why I'm still alive. He said, I flatlined so many times. He would OD and be on meth and different stuff, and he'd die. And here he was. He'd rise up. And he'd go sin again and go act a fool. And he said, I just, he said, I didn't know what was going on. He said, finally, God got my attention. Three years ago, man, I got delivered. He started talking my language. I said, wait, what? You got what? He said, I got delivered. God's renewing my mind. He's helping me to have a better memory again. He said, I was on drugs for so long, it affected me. He starts telling me his story. And man, you could see he's been through it. Wow. And he starts to tell me this stuff. And I went, Carlos, man, praise God that you're saved. Man, that is crazy. And we, we're just talking. And, and, you know, something about, you won't understand if you weren't born or raised over there, but something about, I think they have this for the west side too, but something about being raised on the south side of Hobbs, it's like a fraternity. You bump into someone, they're like, what's up? And they never forget you. Maybe they have that on the west side or the east side or the north side. I don't know. North side, I don't know, maybe. But I, I said, didn't you live by me? Weren't you friends with me? And he start, we start naming people. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. He said, I know exactly where you live. He said, I lived right around the corner on Palace Street. You grew up on Selman. He was friends with friends of mine. We didn't hang out a lot, but we knew each other. We treated each other with respect. But it touched my soul. Touched me so deeply that he said, man, I'm saved and delivered. God's working on me right now. He said, I'm a miracle. I'm a miracle. How many of you are miracles? Go ahead and raise your hand. Be honest with yourself today. I'm a miracle. No, the number of times I shouldn't have made it. I could have died in a car accident. I pulled out of here one time. And I was, I was a little distracted, but not too bad. I remember I was pulling out of here to go to college. I was, it was right before I became youth pastor. And I pulled out of here, and a guy pulled out of a side street and ran right into me. And I had my window down, and he hit right where my face was. I remember I was, I don't know what I was even doing, but I was kind of leaning in that direction, too. I don't think it was a gangsta lean or anything, but I was just leaning. And that guy ran his truck right into my car, right out here at this intersection. He, man, had he been going faster or ran that stop sign, he could have really hurt me. But he stopped and took off and hit me. I mean, he did it the right way. But God protected me. Man, I've been on the road and our vehicle spun out on the ice, black ice, and went in circles and circles, and here I am. Some of you said, man, I shouldn't be here. Well, guess what? You matter, but others matter just as much as you because they got a story and a song too. What's your story? What song do you sing, even if it's off-key? If you heard me singing my song, you'd know it was off-key or just a little weird. 
Say, man, that doesn't. Yeah, but everybody has a story and a song. Why did I bring that up today? Because you're not the only one that matters to God. Many times we as believers say, man, God loves me. I'm highly favored. I'm highly blessed. Well, praise God. But what about everybody else around you? Had an uncle tell me years ago, he said, it was during this construction project. We were building the building next door. And there was a guy that was just giving everybody problems. You know, you, you get to know people when you got to work with them, right? You really get to know people when you have a disagreement, right? So <clears throat> we were building the building next door. And I remember my uncle said, yeah, so-and-so, man, he's a headache. He said, he said, he reminds me of a baby bird in a nest flapping his wings at the expense of all the other birds in the nest, knocking people out and just flapping his wings. I thought, man, what a funny analogy. But he's not the only one that matters. We're not the only one that matters. Somebody else matters too. The same Jesus that died for us died for everyone. So be kind to people. I heard someone say, you know, you don't have to have the mic to minister. Say, no, no, Pastor Matt, your time, game day, Sunday, man, game day, Wednesday night, that's game day for you. No, you know what game day is for me? It's every day because people need love. People need truth. Let me just throw this out there. I don't know who this is for today on the live stream or in person. Truth obliterates lies. Truth crushes lies. People go, well, here's what happened. Like, no, here's what really happened. Here's the truth. Say, no, we came from monkeys. Really? Who created the monkeys is my first question. Second question, why aren't there monkeys walking around that have a man's head and they're still transitioning into humans? You ever wondered that? You say, how does that tie into your second point, Pastor Matt? Others matter just as much as you. You matter so much that you are not an animal. You're not an animal. God created you as a sentient being. He created you in his image. When those folks tell you, no, we came from evolution, they're attacking the very word and essence and fabric of creation. God didn't put a bunch of monkeys in the garden. And you know what else? People start fo focusing on race. No, don't focus on race. We are the human race. Our skin shades are different. The shape of our ears and our noses. And we got bald heads and afros and dreads and curly hair and tall and short and slim and chunkier. But we're beautiful. You were created in his likeness and his image, so you matter, and others matter too. And you never came from a monkey, I promise you that. You mark my word. You didn't come from a monkey. You get into God's word, you've always been important to God. You know why people want to say they came from animals? Because it means they can act like the devil and there's no penalty. They can go, I can do whatever I want. It's a, it's a baser instinct. It's a primal instinct. I've heard stupid stuff. People struggling with sexual tendencies, they said, no, it's just an urge to mate. What? Shut up. You got an urge to be perverted. God gave you a sex drive, but it's not supposed to be twisted. Sex drive is for marriage. Amen, somebody? You say, well, I just feel, I know what you feel. Let me slap your hand. Don't touch her. And don't touch him. Get right and do it right. Everybody matters equally in God's eyes. And let me wrap this part of it up before I get to the third point. I really went into this one this morning. But Scripture says there is no male or female in Christ. There is no Jew or Greek. What does that mean? It means no one's better than anyone. We're different. 
Say, oh, Pastor Matt, are you better? Because you have the mic. Oh, no, this is years of trust and training, and I've died a thousand deaths and cried a billion tears, and it's the calling of God on my life. But everybody has a calling in here. Our callings are just different. But remember this. I've been saying this lately. We've got to be called and chosen and faithful. Because many are called, but few are chosen. And many are chosen. They go, they, there's a few that are, sorry, not many. There's a few that are chosen. They're all, me, God, me, God, and they never do anything. So called, chosen, and among the chosen, there are the faithful. They said, yeah, I volunteer, but at the same time, they actually go to work for God. So called, chosen, and faithful. Why is that important? Because you matter to God. And he has a plan and a purpose for you. Number three today. Look at that. Never forget what you have received from God. I remember before we actually started pastoring the English service as official lead pastors of the English service, I think it was 2010, 2011, 2012, man, God would speak to me about identity. And people need to know identity because the enemy attacks that. You know, people who didn't have a dad around or whatever, they struggle with identity sometimes. Humans with a dad around sometimes don't know who they are and struggle with identity. Satan always loves to attack identity. But you remember this right now. You were created in God's image and in his likeness. Once you've accepted Jesus, you are the family of God. Someone say the family of God. Someone say I am a child of God. Uh-huh. Someone say I'm a king. Someone say I'm a priest. Uh-huh. Someone say I'm called. Say it with me. Say I'm called. Say I'm chosen. And now I'm faithful. Mm -hmm. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Never forget what you've received from God. Scripture says Jesus is not ashamed to call us family. Isn't that powerful? Fresh from the grave, do you know what he told? He told Mary Magdalene, he said, go tell my brothers. Go tell my, this was God in the flesh. This is a great mystery. How can he be our God and our father and we're part of his family as a brother? Only God can do that. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. How does he do all that? He's God, and I'm glad we have the word to explain it. But you are in the family of God now. What he's given you, no one can take from you. No one. Don't you ever forget what you've been given by God. You belong. Someone say, I belong. Uh -huh. Someone say, I believe God will do what he promised to do. Uh -huh. He's not done with you. Some of you say, man, I've hit some hard times. Who hasn't? Who hasn't? If you try to lie, I've, I've talked to people. I remember one time I was counseling a couple. It's happened more than once, actually. I, I can see faces right now. I'd go to counsel them before they got married, and everything was, you guys remember this saying from the 70s, everything was hunky-dory? You ever heard that saying? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're good, Pastor. Everything's good. We're great. We're great. We're great. Everything's great. After marriage counseling, that didn't last. Everything's good. No, it's not. It's not okay. It's not good. You know, it's true. It's true when, it's so true when we say, you know what? I'm not all right, but I'm going to be all right. You have seasons of that. You have seasons of, I, I'm struggling with it, man. Like me, me in that wood, right? <laughs> like, man, I think I can do this on my own. No, two are better than one, Scripture says. Scripture says in the multitude of counselors, there is safety, it says in Proverbs. 
That doesn't mean you go and get advice on Facebook about deep spiritual issues. Trust me, I've seen some of those posts, and they are, for lack of a better term, estupid. You heard it here. I know, really. Girl, you know what I do? No, Holmes, you know what I do? Oh, man, I know what you do. Your life shows what you did. I know. No, uh-uh. You, go, you don't go to a foolish person to ask advice. You go to the source, and you go to people who have been living examples. Did you know I don't go to someone who's been divorced seven or eight or ten times, you know, like Hollywood actors, and say, hey, man, I need marriage advice. Can you imagine? And hey, I love, I love the streetwalkers around here. I got love for them. I know some of them by name. I love them. But can you imagine if I went out there and said, hey, man, I was thinking about it, in, uh, you know, investing in cryptocurrency. What you got, man? That's not their forte. It can be, and it may be, but they've never gotten into that, so they don't have experience there. Never forget what you've received from God, but also never forget whom you have received from God. God places people in your lives so that you can live better, stronger, more active, more powerful lives. And number four, you're loved and forgiven. I don't remember anywhere in that story where the, the sheep got a lecture. And we need, we need lectures sometimes, don't get me wrong, and a rebuke. You never should have left. And maybe the sheep did, the little, you know, the lost sheep. But all I remember is joy that that sheep was found. So don't forget that you're loved and forgiven. You've got to live like it now. So how do I do that? With an attitude? No, with confidence. What The crazy thing about confidence, I, I was reading yesterday in Isaiah 30, and then I kept hearing it. It was so powerful. He said, in quiet strength and confidence. There are some things I do not have to convince anyone about or myself because I know it. Do you think I have to convince y'all that I'm bald? No, really. That's a very, very carnal example. Do I have to? No, man. I know it looks like I got a lot of hair, but I'm bald. No, no. It's just who I am. It's part of my identity now. I don't have to convince myself. Sometimes I forget to look in the mirror when I'm getting ready on Sunday morning. I got here and I went, oh, man, I better... I better double check, right? But there are, there are things with God I don't, have to, I don't have to convince myself about. I preach it. I live it. I speak it. I declare it. Some things I proclaim. Other things I explain. But I'm going to tell you right now, I don't have to beg and, and try to tell you and pay you money to believe that Jesus loves me and that I'm accepted, that I'm forgiven. But did you know that forgiven Revelation, sometimes it takes a while with different ones of us. Say, am I really forgiven? Could God forgive this? Well, Jesus died on the cross. His blood's strong enough to overcome anything. So you are loved and you're forgiven. Now live like it. Hold your head up high. You don't got to be proud. You just be confident. Pride is always a sign that there's something deeper going on inside. And you know what that usually is? Insecurity. Did you know that my godparents, many people don't know this, my godparents were billionaires. <laughs> what? Yeah. You know what they blessed me with? $250 for high school graduation. That's it. I said, man, do you have a trust account we don't know about? No, they were just my godparents. They were there at my dedication. They loved me and I loved them. 
They've both passed away now. They were dear, dear friends of my parents. They were part owners of the Santa Fe Downs. You know, were they racehorses? At one point, they had 20-something businesses. One time, my godfather took me and my brother to a Lowe's because it was some of his land. It was in uh, December of 2004. And he says, you know what? He said, you see, he was just explaining his business to us, what the things they were doing. So humble, so humble. Didn't have to prove anything to anyone. Older guy at that time. He said, do you see this Lowe's here? He said, do you remember this was my land? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I kind of remember. And I think so. And they had some land there and they had a little factory and different things going on. He said, you know what's crazy about this Lowe's? I said, what? He said, they're on a 50-year lease with us. 50-year lease. 50-year lease, right? So Lowe's is renting from that family for 50 years. He said, guess how much they pay me a month? I said, how much? He said, 50000 a month. And then he didn't even care. He's just, he's just explaining to us, and we went on to the next thing. That guy drove an old car. My dad said he was always fixing it. My dad worked for him for a while. He'd drive an old car like a rat. You've heard of Cadillacs? This was a rattlelack. <laughs> Jacked up ride. I think the Mexicanos say matraca. Whatever that means, but I've heard it. Like he'd get to work in his vehicle. Dad said, man, he had the ugliest car in the parking lot, and he owned all kinds of businesses, leaking oil. He didn't want to spend money on a vehicle. And if you met them, when my mom met them, she just, she just thought they were the neighbors. She had no idea that they were so wealthy and affluent. Just humble people. They didn't have to prove to anyone. You've never heard of them, and they were worth over a billion dollars, most likely. If not a billion, upper seven, it could be $800 million. You've never heard of them. They didn't have to go around and prove. The ones that are throwing money everywhere and driving a Cadillac and a, and a Mercedes through the hood over here with the window rolled down, they want everybody to think, uh-huh, you know what I think? You've got an $800 a month car payment. That's what I think. That stuff doesn't impress me. Some people are so impressed by money. No, can I tell you something right now? I am loved and forgiven. That impresses me about you, that God loved you enough to forgive you. I am loved and forgiven. Let's give the Lord a clap offering today. Man, I've had people pull up at stoplights with me. You know what my company car used to be? You see that white van out there? Well, it was the predecessor to that white van. I cruised it everywhere. I think I'd hang my arm out the window like that, and I'd drive around like that. I don't think I did, but that's, I, I may have. True. You thought you had game, brother. I took this gorgeous woman on our first date to Carlsbad, the city of lights. January of 2003, I took her in the white church van. Don't worry, I wasn't going to put a move on her. There was no tent on the windows. We were, we were very, very accountable and transparent. Literally, I hate that word. Literally. Not figuratively. We held hands that day, I remember. And we ate some Mexican food that tore my stomach up. Did it mess you up? We went to Lucy's. That food was hot, man. Well, years later, I'm like, baby, you're way hotter than that food. But that food was pretty hot, you know. But I've come up to stoplights before, driving a vehicle like that, and dudes roll up all bad. And it's crazy because I never noticed it until someone pointed out. They said, I want you to, f 
just look. They said, I know you don't care, but look at how people look at you and act when you're driving that around town. And I'm like, I don't care. But people would roll up at the stoplight, and they look at me. And you know what? And this, I'm not well, you can talk to my wife. I've never been just super gifted at saving. I've gotten a little better lately. But I didn't, I didn't stop and go, man, I got money. I, I got good credit. I can get something else. I've owned 10 houses. I, what, what am I trying to prove? I think it's funny. It makes people underestimate you when they don't know everything about you. You go explain everything to everyone. I know who I am in Christ. I'm loved and I'm forgiven. Because I know that, I also know that Scripture teaches the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. The righteous people of God, those that love God and replace their faith in Him, they will live by that faith. And faith is faith to faith, glory to glory. You said, I already believe God for something. It's time for believe him, to believe Him for the next thing now. Say, I already came through this, man. Praise God, I got the glory of God on me. It's time to go to the next glory. You're loved and forgiven. Now live like it. My identity is not in my address. My identity is not what I drive. I love my wife and treasure her above all. After Jesus, she is the treasure of my life. But I had, have had to find my identity in God. Not in my wife, not in what I've done or what I haven't done. And people, it's crazy. People even ask me and say, man, you're a pastor. I bet you got a big old theological degree. I'm all, I have a bachelor's in business. It has nothing to do with what I'm doing. Maybe the business side of the church, maybe for management and stuff. I've used some of that. But the word is the word and everybody can learn it. We're all on an even playing field. You're loved and you're forgiven. Get into God's word to really find out who you are in him today. You matter to God, number one. Say, I matter to God. Number two, say, others matter just as much as me. Uh-huh. Number three, say, I will never forget what I've received from God. And number four, say, I am loved and forgiven. Say, I'm a child of God. Say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes today. Let's pray, man. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. I thank you for your people, Lord. I thank you for the flock of your pasture here today, God. We are your sheep. Sheep is such an interesting term because, Lord God, sheep is a humbling term. Because we as sheep, we know that we can't see very far. We know that we need a shepherd. We know that we need protection. All of our hope and all of our faith and all of our confidence, God, and everything we have is in you and because of you, God. I want everybody to repeat this prayer with me today. All over the building, all over the live stream. Anyone listening to the podcast later, I want you to repeat it too. Say, Heavenly Father, cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Say, I believe that Jesus died and rose again for me. I am saved by the blood of Jesus. Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Cleanse me, Father. I believe. I believe in Jesus' name. I want you to stand to your feet today, if you would, please.
my whole job, my whole job, my whole calling is to remind you and teach you of who you are in Jesus. That's my whole job. Yes, yes, forgiveness is yours. Yes, healing is yours. Yes, right, good relationships are yours. Yes, a great relationship with your Heavenly Father is yours. Yes, forgiveness is yours. Yes, you can forgive. Yes, you can be greater than your current situation. Yes, yes, yes. Scripture says all of the promises in God are yes and amen through Christ Jesus. I want everybody in this house, just raise your hands to the Lord. Close your eyes. I'm going to pray with you. Father, speak to your people because I believe your word has fallen on good ground today. The parable of the lost sheep. There are those who are still lost, but God, there are those who still can't figure out yet that they have been found and they don't know all the rights and privileges that pertain to that. Speak to your people today, God. Strengthen us with your confidence as you help us to renew our minds. Renewing our mind is our responsibility. You saved our spirit, but our mind, our will, and our emotions, and our body, those are our responsibility, Father. Speak to us today. Cleanse us today as we get into your word like never before. Reading it, listening to it, talking about it, thinking about it. Like Joshua 1.8, we'll never let it leave from our mouths. It'll always be in our mouths. Thank you, Father, that your word has fallen on good ground today. Heal us where we need it. Speak to us where we need it. Convict us where we need it. Touch us where we need it. Protect us, Father God. I thank you for those that couldn't make it today, Lord. You are with them on the road. I thank you for everybody who came in this house, Father God, who, is, who has a special someone they represent, Lord, that still needs you and needs to be saved. Thank you for everything we do represent. It's blessed. It's protected. And you're doing something spectacular in our lives this year. Because, Lord, this year is going to be crazier and crazier and crazier until Jesus returns. But our lives are going to get better and better and better by faith. Faith in the one who loved us, Jesus, the light of God, the Lamb of God, the Lion, the firstborn of many, the one True God. Thank you, Father. We bless your name today. In Jesus' name.